Hello and welcome to Generic NBA Sports Podcast. Um, we have recently changed our name from Called Bank to honor the now Washington football team after their recent name change. Um, what are your thoughts on the name change, Dale? I think it's going to be tough to keep track of because uh, we're both in different cities. So I guess we'll be the the Provo Harriman, sometimes also Provo, generic sports podcast. And we just talk about sports here in Provo Harriman area. I'm wondering if it's too specific to even include locations. Um, They're the Washington football team, yeah? I, that that's fair, I guess. Theirs is a bit more specific. <laughs> no, we're we're not changing our name, but I do have to, even though we're an NBA podcast, I do have to call out Washington for having what I personally think is now the best team name in the whole NFL. Just shout out. When I first saw that, I thought that was an Onion article. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If they were going to go that in on a generic name, they should have just done something like um, DCFC, like the DC Football Club. I mean, just so it's a bit more creative. But I, well, we can get back to the NBA here. But I, I'm excited to watch the Washington football team this year. I think, I think I can really get behind them now. Are they your new favorite team? I mean, I still have to cheer for the Lions. You know, since at, <laughs> at some point they're going to win a Super Bowl and I can say I've been cheering for them. But I mean, so back to NBA after I've sidetracked us from the get go. So today it has been reported um, that the top eight teams and when I say teams, I mean the players of the top eight teams um, got together in a meeting and reportedly have decided to kneel during the national anthem. Um, and this is going to be a really big deal. Um, three of those teams are playing opening night, um, including the Utah Jazz. And the fourth team will be the New Orleans Pelicans. And I have a hard time imagining that the other um, 10 or so teams will not be following suit. And this is going to be a, a really big deal, especially seeing the unity from players that we haven't seen before. And so um, you were sharing. So what are kind of your thoughts on the kneeling for the anthem, Dale? This is kind of a tough one to talk about for a lot of people, because back when Kaepernick did it, it was a very like heated political debate. I think here, um, because the concern that some people have against kneeling is that it's disrespectful, right? I think here the players aren't trying to disrespect anything. They're not trying to disrespect the flag or the nation. Uh, I think kneeling is still a form of respect, right? Uh, Back in the days, you would kneel in front of a king. But kneeling, it's different enough that it raises awareness to what is going on with them. So it is interesting to see how unified the league has gotten here uh, in a very complex time with more than one complex issue going on. So it it is good to see unity there and that it's not like it's not filled it's not based around hate, it's based around love and respect, right? And I think that's really what the players are trying to portray here. Yeah. And I feel like one of the biggest arguments is that people talk about sports being an escapism 
and that people talk about also um, not wanting to see politics in sports. And the more I've thought about people saying they don't want to see politics in sports, the more I kind of have thought about, is it that you don't want to see politics or that you only want to see the politics that you agree with in sports? To use an example, um, if a bunch of NBA players were to go out and to all, were to all be have um, pistols when they went out to all have handguns, um, you know, that would be a political statement that a lot of people were happy about. And it would be a political statement that deterred some people and made some people stop watching. And just like people kneeling, there are going to be people who stop watching. Um, I hear the arguments that the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball are going to be losing out on a lot of money. Um, I do think that they're putting themselves at risk where if they don't accept the players' grievances and the kneeling, that they're putting themselves at risk for losing out on a lot more income by having basically their employees stop playing and possibly another lockout. So I do think that while money drives a lot of decision in sports, that it's very important to see the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball um, make decisions right now that are putting their players and putting social justice in front of their in front of their bank accounts. Yeah, and if if I was the NBA, I wouldn't be too concerned about the money issue because uh, even if there is someone who doesn't like that the players kneel. Um, I, I feel like the people who would be deterred enough not to watch the NBA because of that probably aren't spending much money on NBA products anyway. Because if you're a diehard fan and then you don't agree with what some of the players do or you don't agree with them politically, that's not going to stop you from supporting your team no matter what. But it's it's the people who just kind of follow it casually that might get deterred and so i don't think that will be a huge uh knock on or hit to the nba's revenue i'll be interested to see i do have a friend who's a big kansas city chiefs fan um and has basically said that if patrick mahomes or any players start kneeling he will stop watching and he fought he's not just a casual like fan like he's been a fan for years especially when you're a Chiefs fan for years and following them during all the downs that they've had before the ups the last couple seasons. Um, I do think you might see a hit to revenue. And the thing is, I don't know if you're going to see an increase. I don't know if people have stopped watching because of the lack of social justice coverage. And the, uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you on my part that I stopped watching because the game stopped. So, yeah, that's I remember just <laughs> you know, so hopefully they I mean, at least the scrimmages have started. So I think it'll be interesting. I don't think that people I know, certain people I know who agree with the decisions they're making, um who aren't NBA fans, like some family members of mine, are now going to turn on the NBA to get their viewership up out of support for those decisions. I I don't, but I think that basically what has been determined is that there's not an easy solution to fix 
um, the racial disparities in the United States. And that's what's, that's what makes it hard for people is people want a band-aid solution to fix it when in reality a problem as deep as it's shown to be in certain places needs a surgery yeah i can it feels like i'm really happy that the players have decided to be unified here and like do it together because i feel like my main issue that I might ever have with kneeling is as a sports fan, I want to see my team as unified as possible. Right. And if I feel like there's some, some friction there, I get scared and worried because I want the team to be super unified. So if one player decides to kneel and the rest of the team is standing, it feels like they haven't talked about this or they don't agree about it. So it appears ununified. So I'm glad that they decide to go into this together. And it's not even like one team decided to go into it, but the players have united. So um, I, it might be an inter- really interesting environment in the bubble when the games start because players might have more opportunity to get to know other players from around other teams. Yeah, and I think it'll continue unity that I've already seen from the Jazz, where when I went to games, um, every national anthem, and there are some players who put their or hands over their hearts, but the, what the whole team does is put their arms over each other's shoulders. And seeing that unity has really been just a message to me, especially where the Jazz, I feel like compared to other teams, have a substantial number of foreign players. Um, so I, I'm, I can see debates and arguments about kneeling, but in the end it comes down to the fact that I never want someone to question my free speech and that I need to respect other people's decisions and allow them to make the action, take the actions that they want to take. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see where it's going. Um, I don't know why that reminded me of it. It's, it's totally not related, but I just saw a picture of the jazz jerseys to honor coach Sloan. And it, it like, even though I'm like primarily a Mavs fan, it kind of made me want to go out and buy a jazz Jersey with the, patch on it i thought that was kind of cool well i mean just a shout out you know apparently you can actually just go buy a patch so oh nice i think that i'll go put it on my mavs put it on your mavs jersey (laughs) what is that is that a thousand two hundred twenty three wins think that i the the patch the patch yeah yeah it it represents how many wins (laughs) oh coach sloan had a while ago i was looking at the winnest the winningest coaches in nba history and i'm like Man, apparently if winning a lot during the regular season does not translate to getting titles. He he got close. He got close. So close. Um so on some more NBA news, what do you think about the T-Wolves being sold? I actually did not hear that. You you're breaking the news to me. <laughs> there you have it. Breaking news on a record on a pre-recorded podcast. Um the T-Wolves are being sold, and there's um, one NBA player who maybe I should know who's trying to get into it. There's the owner of the Minnesota Vikings, and then there's the owner of – and then not the owner of anything. Then there's Kevin Garnett who's trying to get in and buy the team. And, I mean, of all teams, the Minnesota t- team, at least from a potential for future success – 
they seem to ha- they have a lot of good pieces there. Like that is a team you I feel like you would turn around relatively quickly. That's interesting that the so the Vikings owner and then like a couple other pieces including Kevin Garnett. Um it's interesting because the New Orleans Pelicans uh they they were managed by like some of the same guys who managed the New Orleans Saints. And so, but for the longest time, even though they had Anthony Davis, they couldn't do anything, even while the Saints were doing amazing. So I'm wondering if the owner of a NFL team buying the T-Wolves will maybe even be, like, like hurt the franchise in the long run, especially if he's focused on the NFL. I, I bet an NFL team is bringing in more money than an NBA team at this point. That That might switch in a few years. Yeah, I definitely think that if I were to ever be an owner of a team, which is a giant if, because I basically have to discover like the city of gold. Um, but I feel like I would really just have to hire the best people I could find and then sit back. Since I don't think that you see teams where the owner is readily involved succeed. You know, where the Lakers, once Genie Bus took over, have been just an absolute crap show. You have Dolan up in New York. Um, you have the owner of the Redskins right now. Can't remember his name. And like Mark Cuban in Dallas, I feel like he's done good, but he's also been the reason why we've been crap for the past like eight years. Yeah, I guess he is super active. I wonder how active he is in personnel decisions. Since I think that's the big deal is like you need to hire the people who know how to draft and who know how to trade and then let them make those decisions because in the end you're not going to be nearly as knowledgeable when it comes to those decisions as they're going to be so yeah i i wonder though like if i were to be in that position if i would have the self-control because every fan wants to be in that position to make those decisions and most people who buy an NBA team aren't just buying it as a in financial investment. They're buying it because they're a fan of the NBA and want to be involved there. So, like, if I took over a team, would I trust someone else to make those decisions or would I want to be super hands-on? So, question. Let's say you bought an East Coast Conference team, okay? And it gets down to the NBA Finals. And you probably see where this is going. And it's against the Mavericks. Are you tempted? Uh, if I buy a team, uh, that's my new team. I can't. I can't root for another team while owning one team. Fair enough. I feel like if that, yeah, that would be a hilarious conspiracy theory. <laughs> that since I mean, if I. You know, if it, if 40 years down the line I owned a team and the Jazz still didn't have a finals and I was playing the Jazz in the finals. I mean, obviously the monetary, like the windfall of money that you get from winning is absolutely worth winning. But having to beat your team like that sounds painful. Yeah, that that it would be tough to like buy another team who isn't your team. You, like... You just have to. Uh, I wonder what those players who grew up NBA fans and love one team for their whole life and then get drafted to another team or even a rival team and then have to play them. 
how they switch that fast. Uh, I guess you, you're no longer a fan, and it's that might be easier, but I don't know. I do think I would really love to sit down and ask some NBA players that question, some rookies, just because there's totally that dynamic where you have to, like, Donovan's a Knicks fan, you know, like that's that's common knowledge, but he's not just going to, like, go to the Knicks. So I guess there's just, once you're involved, there's a level of business strategy that just goes into it and makes you be a bit wiser about your decisions or if there's a nice level of not being in your hometown team being on that's also like that's your life so even if you're a knicks fan knicks fans know that the knicks don't have a great culture right now and so as an nba player you may come in and be like i'm a knicks fan but i probably don't want to play in that culture so there's that to think about as well totally so i'm interested to see how much the T-Wolves ends up selling for. Right now, the reported number is $1.2 billion, which, I mean, that's a lot more cash than people would have thought until the Clippers sold a few more years ago. So um, after seeing Michael Jordan own the, um, buy the Hornets, I don't really want to see another former player as an owner. Um, it's a small sample size. But I also think that it would be... Le- LeBron's going for it. LeBron wants to own a team. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting since there's a lot of talk about the lack of diversity um, when it comes to NBA owners. So I wonder if you're going to see in 20, 30 years if the dynamic is going to be a bunch, like half old white guys and half rich NBA players, former NBA players. So that that is the main reason why in the end I hope Kevin Garnett is able to purchase it is just to have a bit more player representation and diversity from the ownership side. Yeah, that would definitely be a lot more fun to see. See your favorite stars from 10, 15 years ago now as owners and like you still get to follow them and see how they're doing. And hopefully Garnett's able to be successful because that would be really sad if we saw like, you know, down the line, a few, a few players owning teams and all of those teams doing really poorly. (laughs) That would, it might be sad, but it would be kind of funny. Like, because Michael Jordan, obviously the best player ever, Kevin Garnett, one of the best of his generation, but they can't, or I, I, we don't know about Garnett, but Jordan hasn't done much, and I, I, I feel like we're we still don't have an awesome sample size on Jordan. I feel like he's just made like two or three bad decisions, and those bad decisions were bad enough that it killed the franchise for a long time, like signing Nicholas Batum forever for a lot of money. Okay, wait, a, uh, I just realized I had a mix up. I mixed up Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan for a second. Thinking, I forgot, for whatever reason, I thought Charlotte drafted Michael and traded him, but that was Charlotte drafting Kobe and trading uh-huh. Kobe. Since I thought it would be funny, since um, Garnett was drafted by the T-Wolves, right? I believe so. He he played there since his first season, so 
there might have been a different team and then it was a trade situation, but I believe it was the T-Wolves. So it looks like his time was good enough before he went to the Celtics that he wants to go back. Well, he, he finished there too. Oh, did his last like season or two were with the T-Wolves. Oh, see, I thought that. So did he go to the Nets and then to the T-Wolves? Yeah. Okay. He, when he went back to the T-Wolves, he made a joke. He's like, if LeBron can go back home to Cleveland, I can go to back to Minnesota. So he like he stayed in the NBA a lot longer than I thought he did. Yeah, it was like, I think like 2016 or something was his last year. Oh, wow. So speaking of, thing, of things that went a lot longer than we thought they would, this podcast has went a bit over in our talking about buy, you know, our fantasies of buying an, an NBA team. But it's been great these past few weeks getting back on podcasting. We're super excited for next week when we'll actually have some live NBA games to talk about and talk about the playoff implications. And so if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed on the kneeling or on the um, team ownership, just Hit us up at, at ColdBankSports on Twitter. And that's sports without the O. Um, but please remember that while we all have different opinions, we're all, you know, here in the same place with the same goals. And keep it simple.